Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and this particular episode is a deep dive. What are we diving into? Well, hey, it's a book. Those things we talk about during the Audible promotion, every episode, we're finally getting back to discussing one. We're going to be discussing Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck, and I am out of practice on deep diving into books star wars books i uh, you know i'll admit right now i i felt a little lost on how to even take notes 
how to remember things I read, but it's, uh, this was a great book to get back into it uh, all with and uh, a lot of fun. We have post-it notes on pages. We're ready. <laughs> I got the book uh, with in-grasp and no dust cover so I don't mess up the pretty picture. I'm ready to go. Uh, as always, we want to have uh, a little uh, time to talk about Audible. We really do. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, this episode, we're going to recommend the book we're about to speak about. Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. Uh, if you want to download your free audiobook today, you can go to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Maybe you want to listen to our spoiler-filled review, then listen to an audiobook, or you could pause right now, go get this audiobook, listen to it, and then complete listening to this podcast. Just an adventure of several, several hours. Maybe that's what you're interested in. All sorts of books. To check out uh can we also have our current ask that's right we'd love for you we're asking to consider or for you to consider go to head over to patreon.com slash four center and support us over there it's a direct way to support the show and help us continue to grow and try new things or just do special things like our current goal or our new goal is if we hit twenty two hundred dollars a month uh, we will do another live Star Wars ranked exclusive for our patrons. And, of course, we'll release that to the public like we did with the, our favorite sequel uh, uh, trilogy scenes episode. But we're going to do that again. And if we hit that goal, we're very close. Help us make that happen as we continue to uh, build Force Center nine seasons strong and going. Also, to help us do that, we have a survey out there. Uh, I really love this survey. I think Joseph did a wonderful job as a market researcher putting together <laughs> 10 great questions that kind of help us look to the future with you. And we would love to have some answers. The survey goes until May 17th, 8 p.m. Pacific. And we'd love to get a total of 1,000 responses, 1,000 responses. Uh, so that's kind of the number where you can kind of get an actual picture of what is uh, on all of your minds. To do that, go to this link. Or the easy thing, just go to our Twitter page where it's linked. Uh, but uh, surveymonkey.com slash r slash VJK8K79. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash VJK8K79. Toll free call request a song for the radio station today. All right, there you go. That's <laughs> our asks. You did a great job reading the link. Uh, you, you sounded like a Pong Krell uh, yelling out a clone trooper's entire number, which is just not an efficient way to give uh, orders on the battlefield. To yeah. speak nothing of how dehumanizing it is. Use their mm -hmm. nicknames faster, easier mm -hmm. to shout. Anyway, a little Pong Krell judgment there before we get into <laughs> our main topic for today. A drive-by drive Pong Krell uh, <laughs> insult. Love it. Love it. It really, really is. There'll be a lot of those. I think we'll, we'll change it to Force Center, a.k.a. Ooh, that Pong Krell. That's, that's the subtitle of, mm -hmm. our, of our podcast now. Anyway, we are excited to discuss uh, this book. Uh, as always, we want to give you the warning noise. Awooga, awooga. Full spoilers. Uh, so if you haven't read the book yet, this is a full spoiler review. Uh, this book, Ken, is, of course, um, I, I don't know exactly what the right noun is. It is a story that happens between the story that happens in two video games. And, mm -hmm. and I don't mean that in any sort of a dismissive way. I just uh, want to give it that context because to me it does affect uh, the way that I absorb the book because I already knew these characters from the video game. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order kind of have a different relationship with some of them because um, I, I 
played them, you know, with Cal <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's weird to read a book about, this is about this character, Cal but also for several months in 2019, I was Cal <laughs> Yeah. Anybody who has played the video game, you know, it has that, that kind of connection, I think, with, with the character and these characters. And then on the other side of it, uh, the video game that was recently released, uh, Jedi colon Survivor, which I uh, have not played. And, and unfortunately, I'm not going to have an opportunity to play for a little while. So I uh, wanted to put it in context for our conversation. But from that, Ken, let's just talk big picture. For you, what was your big picture reaction to Battle Scars? Uh, love it, like it, struggle with it. Uh, why? Affected by the video game uh, sandwich that it is. Uh, how did you feel? A little bit. I've been open with uh, in the past, obviously, as I said before, I didn't connect with Fallen Order as much as other people did, which, again, totally fine. Star Wars is a big buffet, and some days the French fries don't hit you right, and that's okay. Uh, but I've always, I loved it, and I think it's a beautiful game, and, and I've started to play Survivor, and you know, I've been struggling with the game already. So I'm in the same spot I was in 2019 with just the game, which is more the game than the characters. That said... I really like this book because I sat down with these characters in a way I hadn't before, mm-hmm. other than a great example of playing Cal Kestis. Um and, and I got to, I really got to know them. And that sounds, I don't know, could be cheesy, right? I got to know these characters, but I did, especially like, I like Grease. I've always liked Grease. Uh, you and I just did a, a data bank dive on Grease, but I feel like no Grease agrees better. And actually I'm like, oh yeah, my instincts are right. I, I think uh, I am Grease, including my, my, uh, love assault so here we go <laughs> um so uh that's where i started with this book uh, i think it, it you you could always we said this before with some of the other quote-unquote tie-in books the you know halcyon uh you know uh, hotel tie-in book or batu tie-in book the delight list awesome book it, you could always easily overlook uh, a video game tie-in story and we kind of waited to get into this book closer to the game so we could tie our release to the game so even then you could overlook it. But I, I think mm-hmm. it does a great job standing on its own while also <clears throat> moving and feeling like a game. The plot kind of whizzes by quick. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it's it's not a, a like a ton of things happen in terms of the plot. I don't think you need to because that's how a video game moves. And there's some fun descriptions of video game actions and all that kind of stuff all the way through it. So it felt right. It felt true to these characters. It felt true to what was going on. And... Uh, two final points here, Joseph. Uh, I, I think it's it's great to have someone like Sam Maggs uh, writing this and kind of representing a different generation uh, of writers and storytellers and uh, what she took from the game and what she put into these characters and and and, and what meant a lot to her shines through. And it's a, it's a a perspective change that that's always needed. And it's the publishing side has done, I think, the best job in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think that's another victory for this book as well. And it contains. It contains one of my favorite philosophical conversations, uh, mm-hmm. Cal and, and, and Seer conversation. I know you liked as well. We're going to talk a lot about it today. But when this book goes back on the shelf and two years from now, I'm like, oh, yeah, Battle Scars. That's what that's the scene I'll remember. That's the chapter I'll remember. And anytime a book can do that in Star Wars, uh, I really uh, have an affinity for it. So we're in a good spot as we dive into Battle Scars. <laughs> good, good. Now, I agree with a, a lot of your thoughts. Um, I think the... The characters for me, uh, this book was like returning to characters that I knew and loved. I think for Jedi Fallen Order, there are a couple of gameplay things that uh, frustrated me. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a a fan of the kinds of uh, levels where um, you're going along and you get to explore and you can backtrack, but then, you know, you got (laughs) to ride a weird beast and you can't figure out or at least i can it's frustrating to figure out how do i go back to that place i was before because it's mm-hmm. you're so not quite railroaded but uh, swept through 
So I, I don't like that functionality of the game. Uh, we have discussed uh, at considerable length uh, the ludonarrative dissonance, my favorite term I learned because of this game, of uh, of Cal going on his journey to reconnect to being a Jedi, to reconnect to peace and, and nature and and slaughtering a lot of animals uh, along mm-hmm. the way. That bump for me a little bit in the game. But for for Jedi Fallen Order, I really loved the characters. Uh, I really loved the story. I was really moved by it. That was a 10 out of 10 for me. So I was extremely excited to go back to these characters. I was thrilled um by spending so much time on dathomir and meeting marin and this idea that uh, uh, that cal and sarah and marin all shared this history of kind of having lost their people and mm-hmm. maybe they would have been at odds at a different time in a different era but connecting and the idea that that marin was willing to leave dathomir the planet that, that gave her so much definition Mm. and explore like that part of the story was particularly affecting and moving to me so i was really excited to get into this story and everything uh kind of story-wise and character-wise was was great for this uh, book for me i particularly liked marin's journey i like that we spent a lot of time with all the characters particularly cal but in a lot of ways it feels like marin's uh story marin's book um i i've seen people discussing with um great importance uh and also sometimes just a, a little bit of a sense of fun of wow thirsty thirsty star wars book yeah, because we don't have as as many of those so i want to acknowledge the fun of it mm-hmm. uh but also the the importance of it the importance of Marin's journey internally but also her romance with fret and that mm-hmm. um sex and sexuality and attraction are important parts of existing um no matter what your relationship with it with it is uh it's an important part of in in the real world of of being a human even if your relationship with it is i'm not i'm not that into it but the entire rest of the world is every billboard wants me to be Mm -hmm. uh invested in this so uh, sex sexuality romance important to us as humans baked into star wars as well i think from the very beginning yeah and a lot of star wars stories that just haven't made it a priority in recent times uh that's another place where i, I do feel like the publishing has spent a, a little bit more time princess and the scoundrel had some some great romance uh dark mm-hmm. disciple i think has some some great I- intense yeah. <laughs> yeah uh romance and sexuality but this journey um that it was import so important to Marin, so important to her story written uh with uh, what to me felt like such a truth and passion was one of my favorite parts of the book uh I also really loved uh, Sarah and Cal's wrestling with how to be a Jedi. Um, I love the entire dysfunctional family dynamic throughout the book. That was one of the things that spoke to me the most of of the kind of constant refrain of, we love each other so much, we'll do anything for one another. There's lots of things we're not going to say to one another or we're afraid to say to one another. I absolutely love that. Um, I also I also felt like it was really interesting to lean into the video game dynamic um so much uh with just the literal choices of of a lot of what cal in particular is doing but Mm -hmm. you know running on walls cutting cables (laughs) yeah dodging them uh the the jokes about falling from high places uh, there's a passage that made it clear that he could do the double jump uh boggling being on the ship is just narrative but the uh 
psychometry, the the thing that is a power and a part of the narrative in the video game, but also a, a video game function. So you can learn things by Cal touching them and spending a little bit more time on that. Uh, the stim canisters. Yeah. Um, taking something that's a kind of a video game functionality thing and really baking it into the narrative. I thought that was, it, it was just kind of fascinating. It, it made it uh, uh, sort of fresh and interesting moments where it took parts of the video game that have a level of functionality and gave them depth and meaning in other parts where it almost felt a little to me uh tongue-in-cheek with just mm -hmm. giving cal you know parts of the missions where he's running through a sewer and having to run on the wall and do the double jump and mm -hmm. everybody talk about it. he's always in high places he's always <laughs> at a risk of falling from high places did you feel like there was an element of of uh, tongue-in-cheek about that aspect of of video game play as narrative yeah no there's absolutely some some uh some of that going on in there where I think it's just kind of uh, acknowledging even some of the, uh, not even the critiques of the Fallen Order, but just the gameplay style in, in general. Like, you know, there's some stuff about how you and I might talk about um, even how she wrote Cal at some point being a little, little, little blank and naive. I don't mean that to insult Cal, but just like, yeah, because he's the you're supposed to imprint on the character while you play the game. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be Cal, but it's also could be you. So there's a little bit of a blank slate that they get to play around with it. And, and I think um, I think Sam makes it a great job of that. Uh, my favorite one was the double jump because I sometimes struggle to really get my rhythm with a double jump. And so I, I, I kind of pointed at it when I read it and was like, ah, yes, that's what it feels like. Good job, good job. <laughs> and the stem thing is really interesting. Uh, because you're that that is extra life, right? Video games. That is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, we all have grow, grown up with that. Uh, you know, get your health bar back. Yeah. Get your health bar back. I almost, you know, wish there was a contra cheat code in this novel that we could talk about. <laughs> uh, get Thirty lives. Uh, and uh, this, but the stim one is, you know, that's 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 a realistic look at it anyway. So I think, yeah, you're right, tongue in cheek, but also, yeah, this is a, a story of a video game character in it. In it. Felt played very real at times for me. Yeah, that I think I was like I was borderline challenged by the sheer volume of stims that that Cal mm -hmm. did, but you in the end, from, problem. Let's be honest, might have been problem. That that was the thing because I think I, I think I teetered on the edge of like if this was I think it's one of those like why doesn't why don't other Jedi do this you know or mm -hmm. or other fighters why why isn't why doesn't Han have some version of stim canister gum to keep him going at night you know. Um, and I think Where's my gum, <laughs> I need my stim gum, Chewy. Um, <laughs> but you can always fall down that rabbit hole, which I don't always like. Of like, well, if they did this, if this one character did this one thing X, why doesn't all characters do that? If they had this tech here, why don't they always use that? Like, uh, I'm usually not. Um, I, I don't. I I want to focus on the narrative. So what I did like is that to me it, it dovetailed with Cal's obsession to put himself is the one in danger and to push mm -hmm. himself uh e even farther and farther than he could to the point where like it's like yeah no i go out there and i i fight i i press my connection to the force i'm shoving the force through my body and my body starts to fall apart to the point yeah. where i just got my droid just throwing me drugs constantly <laughs> it actually does fit really really well to me with his uh, psychology his action mm -hmm. his choices no, I really, I really love what you're saying. And as someone who plays, when I play video games, I'm like, all right, so I got three stem canisters. Great. I can go up to the edge of that before I die. I'm going to, I'm going to push forward. I'm not going to run and hide. I'm not going to wait for my moment to strike the stormtroopers. I'm just going to do it. Cause I got three stem cans in my back pocket. It'll help me get <laughs> it does not always work on any of these games that I play. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it, but it did kind of feel at times like, you know, buddy, lay off the uh, Advil, lay off the Advil. Four. Yeah. Take four a day at, at most. 
ask for some help. Ask for some help. To the force, shh, ah, all things are possible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very, very fun. There's a lot in this book that's very deep and very fun. So here was my my one thing that is not a uh, criticism of the book. I think it is a, the nature of the book, but it was a bump for me. Uh, and I'll be interested to hear from from listeners who have a different perspective. It was a bump for them. Um, I, I the only knowledge I have right now of of the video game Jedi Survivor is the trailers. So I knew that oh the the that some things had happened like Sarah was off with an archive and uh, I'm paraphrasing but there's a little scene in the trailer where you know Sarah's saying something to Cal like you've been out there really making a lot of noise and then cut mm-hmm. to Cal slaughtering Jedi it's like ooh interesting um, I I think I had a little bit of a, a a preconceived notion that this book might walk the might walk the characters up to the video game. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was I was fine that they didn't do that, but the book spent some time setting up issues that I feel like maybe the game deals with narratively, like Sarah's desire to start the the Jedi Archive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a huge thrust of the book is Marin's relationship with Fret, but it felt like Cal and Marin had uh, there's lots of they had feelings for one another, but uh, didn't know how to deal with them didn't mm-hmm. know how to express them didn't fully acknowledge them were afraid of them maybe maybe cal needs <laughs> just a birds and the bees talk maybe i don't know um <laughs> doesn't seem to know what goes goes on behind closed doors there no no very funny uh but it, it felt like something that the book was building so i thought mm-hmm. well maybe the book is going to turn the page on that toward the end um something as simple as grease getting his new arm mm-hmm. it, it felt to me like the story that the book was telling was resolved well but the book spent a lot of time on threads that didn't get resolved in the book and i bet it would not have bumped for me at all if i put this book down and started playing jedi survivor so i wanted to bring it up because it was a bump for me but i think it really is from the perspective of the next chapter isn't accessible to me right now i i don't have six hundred dollars to buy (laughs) uh the ps5 and and the game and i don't have the time to drop everything re frankly redo my living room to accommodate that beast of a machine (laughs) and play it it's just that like it's just not accessible to me right now it might be in a couple months Mm -hmm. uh but it did make me i was so engaged by the archive idea so engaged Mm by callan Marin. where's this going um that it, it was it it felt um like sad to me to not get to continue with that story. Yeah, no, I I really get that. And and you said uh, you had a preconceived notion. I'll just call myself out and say I just kind of assumed it was going to walk this up to the front door of Survivor. And and at this point of our recording, I've only played one day for about two hours and didn't get past the opening credits. Um, I'm going to continue. By the time you all listen to this, I'll, I'll probably have played some more. Um, just by the way life's been going. And it's been it, it's clear that that's not necessarily the case. And like you said, it's that's not something the book has uh, failed to do. It's just what the book set out what it needed to do. I think the excitement maybe I have is that it could be there's room for stories between it mm-hmm. and something you, you'd be excited for as well. But yeah, no, no, I I, I think it got to got to the end, and I I had it was it was like oh quizzical quizzical uh, feelings of uh, this didn't go where I uh, end where I, I thought it would go. 
I thought it would end. So I, I'm with you on that there. But we'll just have to we'll have to figure out a way. We'll watch all those cutscenes on YouTube. <laughs> we'll watch the cutscenes, or I'll I I don't know. I'll I'll figure something out. I'll, somehow I'll figure it out piece by piece. piece, by piece. Uh, it, and I did want to acknowledge that I do love. We'll talk about it. I do love the the piece by piece story that Cal shares, and that gives mm-hmm. him uh, some some peace in his conversation with Sarah. I do like that. That was the uh, last line of the book the last line the last idea of the book and and i think to some extent that does that theme that conclusion does acknowledge what i'm talking about of the book plays really really fair with these are the characters in the middle of their journey i think Mm -hmm. marin goes on a a a fairly complete arc the other characters are pointed in a direction that is new uh but the book isn't isn't in any way saying that it's resolved instead it's saying right yeah th- this is life we're in a hard time these characters aren't going to have these total answers this is the the middle of their story in a very difficult time where all they can do is figure out how to put one foot in front of the other piece by piece so i want to be uh clear that i'm not uh, criticizing the quality of the writing it was uh, an experience thing of mm-hmm. this kind of interconnected storytelling that i haven't experienced in a little while where mm-hmm. i was like oh that this book is designed to be a part of the story. And right now I don't get to experience the other part of the story. Yeah. Then that's, that's a downright bummer. Downright it bummer. is. Yeah. It is. But let's enjoy the story that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some overall reactions. I want to get into some of the themes and the big ideas. Uh, the way Ken and I have taken to doing some of these, uh, the book reports is, uh, Hey, I was an obsessive book report writer. Uh, so I, I write up some ideas of the, the big ideas, uh, uh, lay them out, and then Ken and I discuss them. So you ready, Ken? I am ready because I have a habit of finishing a chapter and go, wow, I decided what I want to go have for dinner. What did I read? All right, let me go back. Um, <laughs> so, yes, this is why we combine our efforts here. Yes, this yeah. is also why I have taken to setting aside some hours and power reading a book. <laughs> uh, this was a two-sitting book for me. Yeah. Uh, so ultimately, I really think this story, uh, you know, kind of suggested by that title battle scars this is a story about trauma it's Mm -hmm. this idea of can the characters find a way to address their trauma that helps them move forward or will they give in to fear uh to violence uh to really literally hiding from themselves and others i thought the idea of hiding was a really great really big part of this book so i wanted to take this idea of they're in trauma they're trying to find a a way forward. There are threats of making not good choices, not connecting and break that down into some parts to discuss. So I want to start with the big picture idea of trauma, or again, you know, the title of the book, Battle Scars. Um, You know, in a lot of ways, this is a, a, just a straightforward study of characters. You know, Mm -hmm. there is a plot there with the beginning a middle and an end about the, the shroud. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the book feels to me much more of like a, a character study and it's about, Totally. characters defined by their their wounds and we get to spend a decent amount of time in the headspace of the characters as they wrestle pretty straightforward about how to uh move forward with while acknowledging the truth of their wounds so yeah. um just straightforward stuff here cal obviously we know this from the original video game lost his master jaro tapel his order uh his childhood which mm-hmm. i love that he kind of reflects on that of uh, like yeah i did i did mm-hmm. this that was it for me uh he he lost the the not even great life he had on Braca and the friend he had there uh <laughs> and he is really struggling to find resolution uh mm-hmm. sarah 
similarly lost the Jedi Order, lost her Padawan uh, uh, Trilla, lost for a time her path as a Jedi and really needs to reclaim that. Uh, similarly, Marin lost her people, her planet. Um, and in this story, uh, this, this new idea that she's at risk of losing her magic mm. and her sense of self. Uh, I, I, I didn't write down the page, but a pretty direct quote from there. Marin is, oh, what is a knight sister of Dathomir with no sisters and no Dathomir? I am neither a knight sister nor from Dathomir, mm. but very relatable sentence. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought it was interesting because th- those uh, are all trauma battle scars that we know from from the video games that uh, these characters are moving forward and dealing with in a new way. And as I'm reading the book, I'm going like, I'm sure Grease has some trauma in his life, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he got grumpy from something. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting then that that he gets a fresh scar, a fresh trauma, the physical loss of his arm, but also the deep connection to his ship, uh, possibly a, a large wound in his ability to trust his family and and what they're doing. Uh, even the side characters uh, that who, whose head we don't go into as much uh, are focused mm. on trauma. Mm. Fret's mission is to do right by uh, her girlfriend, Eerie, who she believes to be dead by finding her plans for the Shroud. That, that's trying to address a trauma. Uh, the fifth brother blames the Jedi for taking him as a child, blames the Jedi and the Republic for the devastation of his home planet. So every character is really motivated by trauma, trauma, trauma. Uh how does this theme of scars in trauma affect you, Ken? What is powerful or relatable about that idea? I think I start with this. I think trauma is a, is a big word. I think this was the, the key to the, the last video game, which was why a lot of people loved it. And, and trauma, this is a total personal opinion for me, can, can sometimes become a bit of a buzzword and therefore, I don't know, can kind of lose effect and how you relate to it, uh, relate to that word and its meanings can, can be affected by um, how it's presented. But this book does a great job of... Um, uh, of taking that big concept uh, and 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 reminding us that, that reflects a lot of things. Trauma does not necessarily mean you had to have uh, been a Jedi who survived Order sixty six. It could also mean a loss of community, a loss of, of purpose, uh, uh, something that caused that to happen. And, and and this book and all these characters work through it in different ways. I I love that. I'll keep going back to the Grease thing, and I'm glad you highlighted it. That it was like. He got, he earned his wings. <laughs> You've got something big here too. And how it goes beyond just the arm to what you're exactly what you said. That ship was, it's, it, it's, it's kind of designed for his forearms. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and so trauma isn't just necessarily what happened to you. It, it's, 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 it's how it continues to affect you or how it uh, continues to, um, how you could t- continue to struggle with it. And, Maybe how you struggle to even discover what that trauma really truly is. And I thought there was, this book succeeded when it was a lot of those really quiet moments where trauma wasn't a big, giant billboard buzzword. It was something real and small for these characters. And when I say small, I mean maybe more intimate and personal, uh, but certainly big for them emotionally. So I really love that part uh, of the approach of, of that word trauma here. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those great examples of Star Wars taking something big and operatic and and mythic, uh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're part of a, a fabled Jedi Order, but they lose their way and they're all slaughtered. And you know, mm-hmm. Order sixty six, we've all had that. Or you know, you, you you're a you're a witch uh, uh, on a on this planet that was viciously like. Um, 
certainly there have been people who, who've been through, you know, sadly real world traumas that, that do echo that level of trauma. But I think, yeah. um, it, it, it's so big, but it is in mythic, but it's so relatable. Cause I think even when we can, as, as individuals identify something that's a trauma, um, I think it can be such a challenge to, to go, but how is it really affecting me? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's one thing to say the billboard of obvious trauma, mm-hmm. uh, car accident, a robbery, um, uh, lo- losing a cherished job or a, or a friend. Um, and like, yep, yeah, the, the trauma of that is obvious, but how is it truly affecting me? How am I truly carrying it? Uh, is I think a lot of what these characters are going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going through this temptation to wallow in it and live in it and, and live in the, in the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk a lot uh, as well about all of them having a different purpose. And what I thought was really interesting is is we, we set up the the trauma of these characters so we can watch them try to find a way forward. Yeah. And uh, I think a thing that was extremely relatable to me is uh, I think scars and pain and, and trauma needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this fine line between this desire to somehow fix it, fix mm-hmm. something that happened in the past mm-hmm. versus move forward. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to get into any, any, uh, any great details, but like, like all of us, I've had, you know, some, some, uh, traumas in my, in my youth growing up that I know are there. Yeah. Uh, but then I've just really been aware of like, how much are my actions continuing to be motivated by, by thinking if I do X in the future, it will magically fix mm. this thing thing that's been sitting in my soul for decades mm-hmm. versus I don't need to fix it. <laughs> yeah. It happened. I need to be, I need to find a way to not let my trauma hold me back versus being obsessed with doing some one symbolic acts that act that fixes it. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And, and this is, you know, this is why we love discussing Star Wars in this, in this way. This is a, a fun video game book, uh, but it, I think it can really reach out and find you. And, and, and uh, giving a personal example from my life, and you said something earlier that made me think about it. It's like people have real giant big traumas, right? And I think that sometimes this maybe is for me. You can reserve that word for that. Like, well, that mm-hmm. person, you said car accident. We'll go with that. That person had a horrible car accident, and that's the trauma. George Lucas had a horrible car accident, and, and that was a traumatic thing in his life. I haven't had that. I've had a fender bender. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And, then, <laughs> and you have a sense to over, overlook what you're actually dealing with. This might be the Grease perspective, maybe for me, why I do love Grease on a grumpy level, but I love Grease now even more after this book of, you know, he, he, everyone else is experiencing something. I, 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 he's not looking at himself. Uh, quick, quick personal. Like I, I wanted to be a baseball player. Ninth grade, I shot it from my high school team, and I got cut. Um, and I could have dealt with that and could have had help dealing with that in a different way. That was a trauma for me because that's who I thought I was. I thought I was going to be, and I didn't get it. And instead of getting back to the batting cage the next day or anything, and maybe didn't have the skills to make that happen, I carry carry that with me where anything mm. I'm, I'm going to do, including taping a comedy special or when I was doing the groundlings and, and I got cut from that, it's like, yep, well, this is what happens to me because I was not good enough then. And I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to identify it as a traumatic experience. It was just a bad break. I didn't make the team. And, and you can be like, pick yourself up kid and dust yourself off and get back out there, which is maybe not a bad response for everybody. But I don't, I don't think I viewed that as traumatic because other people have 
horrible things and, and they do. And so but personally, that's something that's dominated my life for the next <laughs> 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Where I always feel like, well, what's the point? I'm going to get cut anyways. And I think this book is, is there's the Jedi order, order 66, the, the destruction, the, the, the complete annihilation of the night sisters on, on Dathomir. There's that kind of stuff. And then there's, there's so, a seer who, who to, to me is a great example of like, you know, carrying the loss of Trilla with her all the way through, maybe not mm-hmm. realizing it until now, all those kind of things in this book. That's why I'm saying that on an intimate level, it, it broke it down and how everyone's like, cool, what do we do? And what is our purpose? Which we'll talk about later, but, but it all kind of emerges from identifying the trauma. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Grease's is so, uh, it, it, we, we so lived through it with him in this, in this book. Um, yeah, the yeah. other traumas we we're aware of, we, we played some of them in the video game. If, if you play the video game, uh, but Grease is, it's uh, obviously it's a huge trauma, but it's relatable just frankly from aging that idea of like, I used to be able to do this really well. I used to define myself on it. Um, I was never super strong, but I was always real flexible. Um, and I damaged my, my knees <laughs> from uh, physical comedy and, and not taking care of myself. And like, I'm not, that part of me is gone in things that I would normally be like, I still think of my head is like, Oh yeah, I'm a person who can, you know, sit on the floor and pop up real quick. And I can sit yes. on the floor and uh, with my legs tucked under me for hours at a time. Like, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Uh, and I, and that's a weird, dumb example, but it's like, I still think of myself as a person who can do that. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like, oh, yeah, I can't. How do I manage this? Mm-hmm. And how do I not feel a sense of loss? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to kind of blow that up to to somebody like Grease, or like uh, the, the literalness of, I need to fly forward, but mm-hmm. I, nothing works the way it's supposed to anymore. Really powerful. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 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 It's like, ouch, I lost an arm. That's bad. Oh, what's also bad is now I can't fly my ship. I'm not connected to it. Who I am is gone. And that's where you have to start rebuilding from. But yeah, I get you. Yeah. So you, you talked about a couple of the characters journey. We both talked about Grease. Is there a character whose scars affect you more than others in, in the book? Um, I, I do go, uh, definitely go to, uh, like I said, I'll keep going to, to good old Grease there. Uh, and, and, and for me, I don't know, again, I have something identified with, um, um, but there's something about grumpy grease taking some action and maybe taking action that he normally doesn't do and committing to an action, committing to a moment and committing in a way to those around him. And then he pays the price for it. And, and maybe, I don't know, grease is a youngster, but maybe that's why he, I don't, that's why I don't do that. Uh, and so having, Mm. he pays a price for it. He, he, like you said, he, he, he earns his trauma. But for me, it came from like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I don't have the exact details of that scene in front of me right now, but like, all right, I grease has got to go to the floor. He's got to go to the mat to <laughs> handle this. Normally I'm up flying, and, but I got to do this. And he commits to that. And I think that's a good thing, um, but that he gets it. And, and that's kind of even going back to what I was talking about is sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, I'm going to do this. I'm going to launch this new show. Probably not going to work though. Cause that's what happens. I'm, gonna do it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid to. Uh, maybe pay the price too in a weird way. Uh, and yeah. I'm because it, it's that uh, you, you might be afraid you can't recover. I don't know. So yeah. that's grease stuff. Love to hear thoughts on that. I also have some serious stuff too, but uh, grease, grease, grumpy grease and his salt. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with, the, I agree with grease in his restaurant dreams. Um, but I think Sarah's journey really, yeah. really hit me. I, I think there's carrying over some power from her story in the video game uh, mm-hmm. that she didn't just, fail herself but she 
directly failed the person she was supposed to protect and save in in Trilla. I love that that gets uh, followed up on in such interesting ways in this book that in some ways she is a character that has her feet under her a little bit more, that she is certain mm-hmm. of what she doesn't want to do. She does not want to give in to the dark side again. Um, right. I, I love that she... I love just the the great canon lore, Star Wars lore thing that that she and Cal sincerely believe we might be the last two Jedi. We don't know. It's possible that we don't know. This is it. We know we have the holocron of of some young youngins, younglings out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the intersection of her scar and and Grease's loss. Mm-hmm. That on yeah. paper, uh, Sarah has a lot of great things going on. She is confident about what she doesn't want to do. She is confident in her power level. I love what's going through her head when she confronts the fifth brother. And she has a trauma that is a, an exciting dynamic version of, I think, something that's that's happened uh, to me, so maybe that's why it connected. Hmm. She, she makes, in some ways, a great choice to choose empathy, to choose, yeah. uh, I'm not going to try to kill you, I'm going to try, try to take... I'm going to will your lightsaber apart. It's like a huge cheer and applause moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in this this moment of sort of doing what you're supposed to do, she kind of, she potentially takes it too far. Yeah. Needs the empathy. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, is it Cal or Grease who says, you know, you're seeing Trilla's face over the fifth brothers. Mm-hmm. And, in in being so desperate not to repeat her mistakes with Trilla, she gets Grease wounded in a way that I'm sure she's going to feel responsible for the same way she respon- feels responsible for for Trilla. And I think um, I think for me, I, I've I've had the trauma that you're you're talking about of being rejected interpersonally and and not not getting a gig or a show or mm-hmm. um you know that that is the nature of uh trying to be in the arts world i've also had some some experiences where i've done really 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 well I've done the best that i can do and it was objectively by the audience response good and the decision makers were still like get out of here <laughs> and, and, and for me that that that's almost that haunts me almost mm-hmm. more because hey rejections rejection but when you've done everything that you can to try to steer your ship in the direction you want mm-hmm. and you still don't feel like the choices and the agency that you have made a difference. I, I think, I think it's a great discussion of, of that. Grease was probably right. Sarah should have probably backed down. He probably should have listened to her sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, she probably should have listened to him sooner, but I so related to that. She is trying so hard to do the right thing in it at that. Just, applause jedi master leading with empathy takes the lightsaber apart so we can talk would normally be like you triumphed and she did and it still didn't work out this is great stuff here just one of my favorite uh, passages is uh, uh, around this this really great chunk of the book uh, for me happens between like page 190 and like 225 this is just great stuff a lot of it includes them fighting with each other and yelling dysfunctional family christmas dinner uh, and a lot of self realization and we're talking about 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 trauma and one of the ways forward and again part of the larger discussion as we always say on fourth center we'll discuss shortly here but uh you're making me think of on on page 198 uh seer has this thing of uh, this kind of realization that anger which is this big star wars thing right uh and it's don't don't be angry and i think that's somewhat you you can easily look at as just outward right like don't be angry angry towards those around you or the situation what about yourself 
It's also destructive for yourself. And she can't forgive herself for actions, uh, perhaps in the past. She has this, uh, she knew how strong and easy the lure of the dark side could be, knew it too intimately, but it was hard to reach sympathy while feeling absolutely furious with herself. Mm. So you know, it, when it comes to, you know, there's a lot of ways to to slice the trauma recovery uh, pie. Let's be clear. <laughs> uh, and I'm not a trained therapist uh, at all. But this is about her trying to find, um, it literally says, as Sam Mag's words, tried to find the strength to be sympathetic towards herself, tried to find kindness. So this idea that even a Jedi that deals in don't be angry, don't give in a hate, don't do all this, don't give in a fear. And, and, and that also applies to your own soul and your own action. Mm. And what you're saying here is, yeah, Greece is probably right. And she, she definitely knows it as, as he's sitting there on a cot minus one limb, mm-hmm. definitely something that came out of my actions, but I, for all of us to move forward, I got to start with myself. And the anger has to can't be focused on me for too long there. Yeah, uh, this is a great, great quote. Uh, in, there's, a, there's a ton of uh, powerful stuff in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel this story in crew compared to other Star Wars characters mm. trying to move past uh, their scars and their trauma, particularly in this era? I feel like the more storytelling we get in this era, the more we're dealing with characters who who have been wounded by the fall of the Jedi, by the by the Clone Wars, by the fall of the Republic, by the horrors of the Empire. And they kind of share an awareness of like, the victory against the Empire isn't right around the corner. So how the hell am I going to deal with this? Mm. How do you feel about the that, uh, com- how these characters compared to other characters in, in this era? It closely, it's so funny, it sounds like we're almost about to rank um, Star Wars <laughs> crews and how they deal with trauma. Uh, a, a special Star Wars ranked. Um it, it, it compares closely to what's going on in Bad Batch Season 2 and Bad Batch overall for me. Mm-hmm. What I love about it is this crew, and, and I don't know, maybe it's how I interpret it, but particularly this book, again, because we can spend more time with these characters. Uh, this is a crew, crew that at least at some point becomes more acutely aware of what's going on and what's going on with them. At least they wrestle with it more directly uh, once they have the break breakthroughs, uh, not that other mm-hmm. people don't. Maybe, and, and a lot of times we just haven't spent time with those characters. Um, I'd love just a model, a one-act play of of Luke Skywalker going, oh, here's what I did. Um, <laughs> I said we could see his actions. We could see something different. So I think that I, that's one of the things I enjoyed about it. There's a lot of everyone sitting down and arguing and fighting and working through it because they're kind of a, aware. And, and there's different ways that they're pointing fingers. They're getting angry. But the, they, they kind of come to a spot of, of moving forward together and, and having to work through it with uh, each other, though they're in danger of losing those connections all the way through this and, and losing who they are. And that was that – was, um, and that's, I think, a very modern take on it in this era where mm-hmm. mental health discussions are a little bit more open. We always want mm-hmm. them to be more, but it's a little bit more, hey, you can have these conversations. You can see a TikTok video about it. I'd like to see a Marin TikTok video about trauma. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 and, and that's a good positive byproduct where now we can actually hear these characters working through it. Yeah, I know. I, I really like that uh, um, that perspective. I do think it's really similar to Bad Batch because there is this acknowledgement of uh, not we're not fighting to win the war. We're fighting to survive and maybe make a dent and maybe help people and identify who we can help. But mm-hmm. also that possibility of like, but maybe there's maybe there's just a, a happy ending for our family. Maybe our family just needs a place to rest. Like I feel like um, you know, Grease and Hunter would be like, yeah. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> let's start that restaurant uh at least uh, hunter uh, toward the end of season two before uh, all, all the very very bad things happen uh and i think bad batch shares some similarities in that they're this family unit they are very unified they push and pull a little bit in terms of different different wants but i think bad batch is assisted by being a already being a, a military unit um and it's almost that identity that gives them structure but they're also need to evolve past that identity is is really interesting mm, absolutely I also thought it really related to the Kenobi television show, particularly some of the stuff that, that yeah. Seer and Cal are going through. And I think the Kenobi television show is a, is a great partner to all this era of Kenobi does face his trauma. And, and I think he does accept that he can't, you know, do one symbolic thing to fix it, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but instead sort of sets a new goal to be there for himself <laughs> and to be there for the next generation and finds a way forward. Yeah, I think the comparison to Kenobi is apt and 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 wonderful. The spirit of it's there, um, and and again, it's because this is a book you can spend a little bit more time. So uh, sometimes the the themes are a little more subtle on shows, right? Though I think Kenobi's pretty pretty direct, but um, yeah, I think so. It's very comparable. I'd love to have Kenobi have this this moment. Sit down. So we'll have, we'll have Hunter, we'll have Seer, we'll have Green, <laughs> all of them sit down with Kenobi at his hut. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. And, and, uh, I, yeah, I think, I think Kenobi's themes are, are powerful and uh, a couple of times stated. I, I think they're there. I think yes. they're there. They're definitely there. Uh, out and about in the public, sometimes you just need them on a billboard that Kenobi's holding, but yeah. <laughs> that's not Kenobi's fault. Get them out on the corner of Sunset, uh, mm-hmm. with a, with a cow like David Lynch once did to Here are the themes Laura Dern. Show. They go as follows. <laughs> yep uh anyway let's talk more theme um so the a lot of what is going on in our trauma talk i think is is through the trauma the characters are all trying to find purpose mm-hmm. uh the crew wants to actively address their scars by finding and achieving purpose but they're not in, always in alignment that was a great thing that was bubbling through the book um until about page 215 when everybody finally just lists the different reasons they are actually there the similar but different missions uh and you get this great sense that it's the truth they'd been uh mm. avoiding because i love how much they love each other talk about how close they are their routines mm. uh, but then they also have that and we know what not to talk about because we all kind of know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that there's some some friction uh so in terms of uh purposes cal sees his mission is destroying the empire thereby making sure no one ever has to suffer as he has or, or at least do some big hits against the empire uh arguably in his jedi philosophy it's real uh, offense as defense take mm-hmm. down this base and they can never the people there can never hurt anybody uh sarah sees her mission is securing a future and a legacy uh for the jedi even if it's not a, a necessarily uh they decided not to use that holocron but it's more like anybody who might come along, they need to know who we were uh, so they can use the past to find a way forward. Uh, Marin sees her mission as righteous vengeance, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Separatists who destroyed the Night Sisters are gone, but they were aligned with what became the Empire, and she's just going to dole out justice because that's the Night Sister way. Um, <laughs> I love that Grease at first just kind of wants to be with his family in the ship until he can retire and start a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal. Uh, yeah. But then I think I I would argue that that maybe uh, 
one of the things that he ends up wanting is to to use his trauma for the benefit of others. I love that he acknowledges, like, uh, I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm not okay. But for right now, I'm going to make a lot of jokes about it. Uh, and it seems like he's dealing with his trauma that way, but it seems like there's almost this newfound purpose of I can keep us together mm. by joking about my horrible trauma. So in other words, yeah, another reason I love Greece is he's a, he's a stand-up comic or a podcaster, is what you're saying. <laughs> he really is. Wow. He really is. Mm-hmm. So this is my super easy question, Ken. How important is it to know your purpose, to be aligned with the other people <laughs> in your life? It's really important, kids. Now, really there we go. Important. But along the way, uh, I think what's important is knowing that this could change or you can learn more about it or it becomes more specific or it becomes more powerful at different points in your life. Uh, I think I've had a bit of a change in the last couple of years about what's the reason I'm creating, mm. uh, whether it be art or internet content. It doesn't matter. I, I want I want some kind of purpose, and what's my what's my place around it? And that, that sometimes doesn't come till later. And that's part of being uh, forgiving yourself for the past, or open being open to those around you helping you when you start to be, be aligned with other people. That that starts to happen, especially as you, as you get older. Yeah, right. The, the, friend, mm-hmm. the friend list is cold a little bit or changed and doesn't mean anything bad about those people who aren't around as much anymore. But you you find a, those that are a little bit more aligned with your what you feel might be overall purpose. That feels good. feels right. And it's also, I think, important to move forward. So uh, there you go. Very Star Warsy stuff. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. The, my answer to my own question is, yes, it is very important to know your mm-hmm. purpose. But I think diving a little bit deeper, I, I, I think that, that, you know, many generations have, have – grown up in in our american culture at least uh with here's the path right uh, mm-hmm. marriage house children career maybe it's not that super traditional path but maybe it is career-based or by this age you should x or mm-hmm. uh, keep up with the joneses whatever version of that is um so yeah. i think that sometimes th- that that you can feel sort of prescribed a, a, a purpose a path mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of frustration when that gets disrupted or you realize it's not what you want. So I think I think a lot of that goes on in in our culture. I think that a lot of that goes on in relationships of, of are you just following the path or uh, are you truly honest with yourself and aligned on, on what you want? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what hit me in this book and what you're touching on a little bit too is uh, for myself being, a, being aware of um, the, a lot of my purpose – pretty much my entire life has been creative pursuits of different kinds. And then I've taken on lots of different manifestations from uh, theater to visual art, to stand up to filmmaking that I'm working on right now, all, all sorts of different things. Um, in that idea of what is the purpose for, why are you doing this? Which is prevalent in the book. Uh, it can, it can change and it can grow and, and fold back on itself. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, there, there are jokes about anybody who wants to do anything creative is it's for attention. Eh, that's a part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody wants to scream. I exist. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Uh, sometimes it comes from even a more, you know, traumatic place of you've experienced rejection. You've been told you have no voice. So screaming out, just saying anything mm-hmm. feels like it's your purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think in my life, we got to a place where like, no, there are specific things I want to say that they're really important to me to say. Mm-hmm. And, and lately I think I've really been thinking about what's in this book and a little bit of what, what Marin in particular goes through of it, it's not even about being heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not even about being 
having something to say, those things are there and important. But at the end of the day in my soul, this is how I define myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have defined myself in my own mind and in my soul as a creator for my entire life. So what, who am I if I ever lose that purpose, if I, if I can't do that for some reason? And I, I really love that the book got it into that level with a lot of the characters, but I really think with, with Marin of this is who I am. This is, I am a night sister of Dathomir. I'm not on Dathomir anymore. I don't have any night sisters, but this is who I am. And, and I can, I can externalize that mission to dole out vengeance. Um, but I can't, I can't lose, I, I need to grow and evolve, but I can't lose that because it's, it's in my soul, my identity, who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's part of the reason that Marin's arc was so powerful to me because it really got into that depth. Yeah. Yeah. The scary stuff, right? The, who am I without this? And, and yeah. And there's some, truths in that like you're talking about art and uh, you know for me you know all the things i've done along the way as well and a lot of times some of it's been removed and and man that's scary or even you know um resisting it kind of can lead into a fear right if you if you think you know who you are but maybe something maybe just a job comes up that's not that but you need to take it <laughs> and you're like but that's not who i am and you fight it and, and, you, and you suddenly you're closing yourself off to mm-hmm. purposes that could could emerge um so this isn't necessarily the conversation that happens, but it's like, yeah, Marin, you 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 are a night sister. You always will be a night sister, but you're also on your own. You're also Marin. Who's Marin? Look in the mirror. Who's Marin? That's like a lot of what's going on here in this book. Um, but you know, if she doesn't, if she's not willing to step forward or or um, you know answer those questions, she could lose some of those greater purposes that emerge. Yeah, yeah. To to take you know some of her past and move it into the future. Um, Let's uh, talk a little bit more uh, about the characters. Do you think the characters' purposes, the missions that they are telling themselves that they're on, do they help resolve their trauma in this story, or, or are they set up to do so in future stories with these characters? I think this uh, connects to what you were saying up top, again, of what this book set out to do, and, and, and also what I had said about kind of how I like they, they, they all kind of acutely aware of what's going on. I still think we're, we're going. And, mm-hmm. and very clearly, uh, I think they've started to discover the path forward. This was, uh, this whole timeline, all, all of the stories set in this timeline between episode three and four are all somber, right? There, there's, there's, mm-hmm. something, there's something big that hangs over all of them, the empire. And so even a story like this has, has a somber nature to it, but I thought it ended, um, uh, in, in a hopeful spot and, and those who have played the game, cause you sat down and knocked out 17 hours in one weekend. God bless you. I haven't done that. <laughs> Um, I just don't have time, even if I absolutely love the game. Uh, um, you might know a little bit more what's going, but it just, you know, this is why it doesn't necessarily, the door doesn't open and the video game begins. There's still time between it. So there's still room for them to grow and find that path forward. But I, I really felt the one thing I said that thought this book did well is put them all in a point to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. And yeah, it, it, it'll, it's interesting to think for me about how many of these threads are explicitly picked up in in the game, which I know many listeners have the answer to that. Uh, but once again, <laughs> right now, I do not. Cards on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, Sarah, I think the way she is trying to move forward, the, the clarity that she wants to um, mm-hmm. be about empathy and building, preserving, everything about her mission is 
the light side of the force. Mm -hmm. It is a productive thing that she wants to do to, I love the, uh, the obsession with finding, um, the circlet of, mm -hmm. of Sarish. And I love cows. Like, can I throw it at people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, very funny. Um, but I think even though this, the story in the book doesn't take her all the way to the archive. And, and I understand from the trailers, we're, we're probably there in the video game. I think it is a successful acknowledgement of trauma of, I don't want to be, I don't want my identity to be about fighting. That's not mm -hmm. the way for me to get over falling to the dark side, losing mm -hmm. my apprentice. Everything about that is uh, pain and violence and fighting. And mm -hmm. I, that's not who I can be to move forward. So I think Sarah's on a real productive, mm -hmm. uh, I think her purpose is addressing her trauma. Um, they talk a, a lot in the book about moments where the team has managed to rescue people or save people. And I think, right. I think that's great. Um, mm -hmm. in, in, in the first video game, Cal rescues some, some Wookiees and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, great. Everything to me, every, everything about Cal's purpose works great when he's actually rescuing people. Mm. But one of the things that I think the book plays with really well, it, it acknowledges the actions of the video game and, and has a fun discussion about the purpose of a Jedi that he's really got a, a sense of, I need to put a dent in the empire. Often when I do that, I literally physically save someone. But even when I'm not immediately saving someone, slaughtering stormtroopers on their lunch break mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. is helping. And... Yeah. I really liked that the book uh, put him in that headspace of like the empire is a danger. They will hurt others. They have to be stopped. The stormtroopers are the agents of the empire. There's no question. Mm -hmm. There's no pause. Just go in and kill them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is what we're actively playing in the doing. video game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do question whether it's ultimately going to help him <laughs> move forward with his drama. Yes. Yeah. No, I thought a lot of stuff was 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 great, and and, and again, we we talk a lot about hey, the why and the why of the fight and the why of the actions, and while that's going there, you said some great stuff about Seer and on page one ninety nine. There's a lot of stuff in there about uh, her, you know, feeling I, she'd been so desperate to fix a mistake she made with Trilla, something that could never be fixed, not now, not really, that she would have put her own crew at risk, and talking about how you know. Uh, why shouldn't she have tried to save that Inquisitor when all other options concluded were lying, uh, done and dusted in the dirt? Uh, just ask, to me, I took that as uh, the cost of a certain kind of action versus inaction and a little mm. bit of, of saving what you love kind of vibe too and of, of uh, just kind of her having those kind of realizations and you mentioned her moving, knowing how to move forward now, maybe more than in the past. And I thought that was, that was great too because saving Trilla is not necessarily something I would think is a bad thing, right? Mm -mm. but at the cost of those around you and knowing that maybe at this point she's really gone and just kind of analyze the situation. And, and that leads to her, this leads to her having the conversation with, with Cal, like in her being aware, he's so close to always tapping into that dark side and always pulling it in. And you're punching that wall and the empire's just patching the hole and going on. Mm -hmm. So we have to, we have to look at what our, what our purpose is. We have to look at what's going on and really measure it differently than we've had than we've been doing in the in the past or up until now there's all yeah kind of stuff. yeah i really agree with you and i think i think with with sarah's great moment with the fifth brother i think the more we talk about it the more i think about it as 
maybe the the flaw in her choice to try to get through to the fifth brother her, her to me her flaw isn't in trying to get through to him or not slaughtering him mm-hmm. it's that cal's unconscious on the ground the crew is you know waiting to take off to escape and the just save save the people in front of you would would have been pin pin uh the mm-hmm. fifth brother bonk him in the head and knock him out yeah <laughs> uh, well i know you, the helmet the, a lot of jokes mm-hmm. about the helmet making it hard to bonk him in the head uh, but mm-hmm. escape with with cal don't put grease in danger and empathy which is a great choice she chose because she needed it mm-hmm. yeah. and i think i think that's what's the really interesting wrinkle in, in her choice and i think why it's such a successful uh acknowledgement of her to be like i need to focus on this archive thing that's yeah that's where i'm gonna be be the most help to the future and the most help to myself yeah yeah exactly and a little bit of that finding the purpose theme exactly yeah yeah yeah. so uh cal tells a a story of his master ajaro tapal telling him to learn all about lightsabers uh and uh, cal gets frustrated doesn't think he could do it in the time fails to do it in the time uh his master gives him the advice that uh you know, how can you possibly do this? Well, piece by piece. Uh, the book concludes that the family will find their way forward, uh, that they're unified for now, but they know that there's different things they need, and they'll find their way forward piece by piece. How do you feel about that uh, conclusion? I love it. It's 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 um, great advice just in general. I think it's a great way to measure the progress you don't think you're making. Uh, we all have that thing, and, and sometimes through a series of failures or a series of obstacles, you suddenly find yourself standing and you look back and go, Oh, that's why. And, and I think we all need to analyze what we do and what we accomplish or what we're trying to do piece by piece. But in terms of even like the star Wars story, I think this is something that really is key to the rebellion and the emerging rebellion and analyzing what each piece is. And sometimes it might feel good to slice those two trippers in half, but what is the true forward momentum? But you look around at all these cells uh, from uh, Jan Dodana, Harrison Dula, Luthan Rail, all the ones that we're being introduced to, Kenobi in the path, right? And mm. it's also disconnected, or it feels also disconnected. And it, this is that; those are the pieces of rebellion. Mm. We have the benefit of knowing it works out. I would say Ewoks are dancing, and yes, the New Republic's got some lessons to learn. And some things to uh, try to do, and we're seeing that play out in other shows. But we know, in terms of the rebellion against the Empire, that it does work out. There's a victory celebration song that we all love unilaterally. Uh, but, <laughs> um, and I do, I love it. Um, but it, but it's so easy to just to, to just get overwhelmed to be Cal staring at a lightsaber as he tells Sarah, and you know how many parts a lightsaber has. Yeah, every, life is full of a lot of little parts. And this is a great, you know, you and I sometimes make the joke about bumper sticker advice, but this is a great way to look at it. Piece by piece. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah, piece by piece, you know, one, one step at a time. I think it is very honest to real life that sometimes you encounter those moments of uh, of blowing up the first or the second Death Star and you get a medal or you get Ewoks dancing. And and it's it's the the, the big moment. Um but it, it, a lot of life is the step-by-step, piece-by-piece. So I, I thought it was great and, and honest within the big mythic operatic uh, mm-hmm. storytelling. It's also a great cliffhanger for a video game. So be it. Uh, totally fine <laughs> with me. Uh, cliffhanger for a video game and for more uh, mm-hmm. storytelling with these characters. Yeah. Uh, last big thing that I wanted to talk about, which I thought was really uh, interesting, is 
So you've got these characters who who are in trauma. They are trying to have these purposes to address this trauma, uh, to move forward. But there's also a lot in the book that's about hiding in different ways, mm-hmm. uh, about fear of loss um, versus this uh, great Star Wars idea of connection and the possibility of healing through connection. Mm. So uh, uh, hiding in particular is... I think one of the great thematic ideas that's uh, in the actual plot, which we haven't talked much about. Uh, There's this uh, uh, theoretical tech, as we learn in the book, it it doesn't exist yet. It can't quite exist yet. Uh, Shroud tech that uh, is a way to make people become literally totally invisible so they can hide from the empire. Very, I don't, I don't think anybody in the book ever talks about like, that's a, that's a sad victory. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's presented as the great hope for Jedi uh, Mm -hmm. or for somebody who is force sensitive or anybody who's wanted by the empire that you can literally disappear and hide. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this idea of hiding is uh, kind of present in the character of fret. I think it's, it's functional. Fret is the, new character introduced that our characters struggle to trust, want to trust, uh, want to have empathy for. Uh, we don't go inside her head in, in the book, which is, I think, kind of a, a practical, functional necessity to not know exactly what she's thinking. Yeah, We, we do get some truth for her eventually, and, and we, but we learn a lot of truth uh, through the other characters' observations of her. So there is also, like, a lot of what is motivating the plot is, is even us going you know, what's the truth of fret because she's, she's hidden from us. Yeah. Uh, it, there's, um, as, I, as I mentioned a couple of times, uh, I didn't write down all the quotes. I think there's a good one on maybe page 97 that the crew spends so much time talking about how they are a family, how they love one another deeply, but are also always afraid to be entirely honest with one another until mm. they have that big blow up. So right. lot that's all about hiding, right? Of like, I love you so much. I'm not going to tell you what's on my mind though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And if I'm Cal, I'm going to go touch your, your belongings in your room and get a sense of what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's some, some great stuff there. Uh, then there's a lot of great ideas of the, the classic Star Wars idea of, of fear of loss. Cal, mm-hmm. Sarah and, and Marin have all suffered great loss um, in, in before this book, but they're actively fearing loss in this story. Uh, Sarah is wrestling with her, her fear by trying to save the fifth, fifth brother. Uh, Cal is, is wrestling with his fear of loss, loss by insisting on being the one in danger, the one to sacrifice himself. So his friends don't die. Uh, I think Marin is in some ways the most active character. She fears losing her magic, uh, her deepest connection to herself. Uh, she is also afraid of allowing the connection, the intimacy with threat, which is a, a form of, of mm-hmm. fear of loss. And on uh, on page 259, when when Cal, well, when Mirren is trying to make it clear to Cal that she doesn't want to be sent away from the battle all the time, mm-hmm. uh, she makes some of these themes really clear. She says, uh, feeling to lo- lose those you care about is natural, but if you really care for me, Cal Kestis, she said, her lips still on his hands, you will understand that you can't do this all on your own and you do not have to. So a lot of ideas there, hiding, fear of loss versus connection. Which of the characters do you think is most successful at pushing through fear and finding connection? I, I think it's Marin because she is, the, to me, the most uh, active uh, fears, concerns, loss of connections with so much going on. I, I, everyone else has as well, to be clear, but she seems to be because this is 
one of the big victories of this book is is it's it's uh, it's Marin time, right? Mm-hmm. Center stage and it's such a popular character that uh, emerged from that video game. She she in some ways stole the show. Just a lot of the conversations were about mm-hmm. Marin and, and we love Marin too. So I think that I just think I felt that more uh, that there was especially where she ends up in the end, especially things she goes through. Even even you know the the, the romance angle, which is. Uh, you know, you, you set up top and, and it's fun to, you know, giggle like a schoolboy. But it, yeah, it's a, it's a thirsty book. That's a good thing. I think Star Wars um, needs the big sweeping romance, but this was beyond just sweeping romance. This is like a good U2 song. It's love, desire and the crisis of faith all going on with Aaron. <laughs> uh, it's a great pop song. And um, and I think she pushes through a lot of that and takes the chances, takes the risk, gets hurt by a lot of the risks She's hurt by what goes on with Fred when the, when a little bit of more of the truth is revealed, but then also mm-hmm. knows that, you know, it, it, there's a, there's a standing offer day to join our team over here. And she knows that's not her place, uh, at least not right now. And that she does have some of these connections that maybe she wants or wants to foster even more. So, so I think, uh, I, 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 uh, not, it's not a contest, but Marin wins. <laughs> yeah, it, it isn't a contest, but I do feel like Marin is ultimately the central character of the book within the mm-hmm. ensemble for me um and i do think there's just great joy in the character we're going to talk about some favorite moments all this stuff about her her power and and how what it feels like uh to use it is so mm-hmm. great um there is just this sort of cathartic fun of uh, a dangerous dark scary character lots of uh insightful funny fun moments of her being creepy mm-hmm. some of just like the the surface level of yeah this is why a lot of us like gothic stuff this is like a lot of us like witches mm-hmm. and just having fun with the idea of a, of a witch in star wars and and uh and then diving in beyond just that sort of surface into what is actually the truth in the heart of this character mm-hmm. and i think uh her pushing past fear to to find reward in connection is the biggest victory in the book and in, in mm. the the part of the story that is the most complete even the macguffin of the shroud is kind of incomplete of like yeah we didn't build it <laughs> it doesn't exist yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but Marin's arc is very complete uh she connects with fret i i love that it is just such an honest connection of just mm-hmm. like uh, that there's just vibe there's just chemistry that person mm-hmm. just makes me you know uh, uh, thirsty uh, and <laughs> and uh as long as it's yeah. consensual i must act uh yeah, is yeah. uh it's powerful and it's real um very, and, yeah, but, very real. but then there, there, but that great fear in it, it it was written so well of like i so need this intimacy but intimacy is terrifying yeah. if you've for lots of reasons but particularly if you've experienced loss why let that in and i think that's a little bit going on with cal and and marin of like we are connected and love one another up to this point, and neither of us are dancing any closer. Yeah. But Fred is this new energy, and, and who knows? And uh, uh, but I love what what comes out of all of that is all of Marin's reflections that Fred is angry too. There's no reservation about being anger, uh, angry. Lets Marin feel her anger, which kind of lets Marin see herself and reckon with herself fully. I love Marin's mm-hmm. epiphany that her magic was drying up maybe because she was going too dark with it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a sense by by the relationship with Fret, Fret giving her permission to be totally herself in Marin seeing 
this honest accounting of herself of, ah, oh, I can't just use my magic the way it always, always has. It can't just be about uh, vengeance, rightful vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm changed. I have these new relationships. I need to tap into my magic differently. And I think the way that she's tapping into it differently is using it not in a super goody two shoe Jedi way, mm-hmm. but using it more in defense of her family and using it more in kind of the immediate of what she wants in in a situation. She's still using it uh, yeah. for violent, fun, cool, vengeful death. Yeah, great. Scene. But it's so that argument that she makes to Cal of like, I need this. I can't just it can't just be about anger. I need to be here fighting for the family, fighting mm-hmm. for our mission too, because that's where I'm getting my power from now. And all that to me is about connection. Uh, absolutely. I really agree with that. Uh, and, 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 uh, again, how you use it. Right. And cause I was rage is not necessarily a bad starting point, right? Righteous mm-hmm. vengeance, as you described it earlier, are not, not necessarily a bad starting point. Uh, but I think Star Wars talks a lot about, you know, maybe not staying there, maybe move, finding ways to move forward and finding ways to adapt and, 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 and use that in a better way. And I think she's a great example of it all the way through. And that sequence of the magic, the kind of feeling it and seeing it on the inside was one of the best descriptions of, uh, Night Sister Magic, I've even I've ever seen or read or heard. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I do think that there is a power in that she is not just like I'm going to use my magic for good, but just wanting a little bit more mm-hmm. purpose and direction for it. And and uh, yeah. a lot of just straightforward text about my connection to my magic is different, and that's good. That's what made me feel like yeah. this is the character who truly found some resolution in her trauma, took a risk, was rewarded, and is finding a way forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the sub-themes we can talk about here is this, this uh, identity and, and knowing who you are, discovering who you are, um, not hiding who you are. Um, that's why when you said, like, the shrouds, would, would that's a, that'd be a false victory, right? Guess what? We can just keep hiding. But then, you know, maybe to do good under, you know, under the cover of, of the shroud. I get that maybe angle, but I agree with your take on it. Of what kind of victory would that have been? Yeah, no, there's a practical, obvious uh, yeah. value to yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Put it on young Corrin Horn uh, from <laughs> Kenobi yeah. uh, and hide him from the Inquisitors. An obvious, practical yeah. Uh, reward. But, yeah, I do think it's telling that uh, that Marin's victory comes from not hiding from her feelings for fret, not mm-hmm. hiding from her uh, truthful uh, analysis of her, her mm-hmm. own problems with magic. All of it comes from not hiding. Yeah. Yeah, so go, going from to, to some of the, the uh, real hardcore Star Wars ideas about the Jedi and fear of loss and the dark side, what do you think the book has to say about all that, about the, the fear of loss leading to the dark side? Yeah, it, it's at play a lot in that conversation with, with Seer and Cal a little bit later on. This is, this is Seer and her talk about the legacy, preserve, preserving the Force, preserving the symbol of, of hope even when the, when the Jedi aren't around. Uh, there is um, there's another thing again. I was talking about identity that emerges, but it, uh, on page two twenty six of the dark side of the force, your personal connection to it uh, is not something you turn on and off like a faucet. I don't know about you, but that sounds like no necessary rage to me, kids. It's not a switch <laughs> you flick when you need it. It's the first step on a road you often can't get off once you start down it. I was successful when I used it against Vader, but it was the wrong thing to do. Jedi can't judge everything based on success. If you complete mm. the level of video game, Jedi can't judge everything based on success. We must judge our actions and whether they were right and in the service of the light. I think that was 
part of it, it this this is a segment that's one of my favorite Star Wars conversations. I'll put it on a list and say ever for permanent record there. Um that that this this section and 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 Sarah and, and Cal coming to this conclusion and it wasn't from a textbook. It was from learned experiences. Uh, it may have started in a lesson in a lesson in a class or Tara Sanube said some stuff that was wise, but they've 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 earned this insight. Sears earned this insight through failure. Through mm. through a, da- a dance with the dark side and through seeing Cal just slice through stormtroopers like like it ain't no thing, um, yeah, I, I loved all that stuff there and the comment on the dark side. Yeah, I thought that was great too. I I, I really liked uh, their conversation around page uh, uh, one hundred two one hundred three uh, when Cal is kind of going to her as his Jedi Master and saying, "I I know fear of loss is is a really dangerous path." Uh, path to the dark side and you're, you're not supposed to have attachments and it's kind of a romance thing but mm-hmm. aren't we all attached don't we really care mm-hmm. about one another aren't mm-hmm. we all kind of maybe willing to go too far to uh to save one another uh and i love that sarah is just like yeah it this this the, our family probably is attachment but i don't know how to not care um, yeah yeah and i think that is it's presented in the book really well of like, I don't have a great answer for you, Cal. I don't have the, here's the approved Jedi wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a part of that sort of piece by piece of like, I don't know the exact answer to that. I know uh, attachment is a danger to the dark side. Cause Hey, I did exactly that. Yeah. Uh, I tapped into the dark side to make sure I didn't lose people. Um, but uh, so I'm aware of that danger, but then I'm also aware of like, there's, I have to care that that's the light side is caring. And it, I, I think this is really great because it feels like to me, like the kind of conversations that the Jedi needed to have in the prequel era, but we're too scared and rigid to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The kind of conversations that we do see in the high Republic of like, these are, these are guidelines. These are truths, but then sometimes the truths intertwine and we need to find our way forward almost case by case, almost mm-hmm. situation by situation of, yep got to be aware that fear of loss is a path to the dark side, but you can't let that stop you from caring about people. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Opo Rensis could hear this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> Opo. Oh, I don't know if Opo believes that. Yeah. This is a Kiati conversation. Yeah. He needs it. <laughs> Maybe Kiati. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also I like that Cal's journey. It, it, a lot of it could feel like, oh yeah, is he slaughtering too many people? Is he callous to this? Mm-hmm. Is he just seeing the stormtroopers? Is just, you know, faceless masks of death and they all got to go. But to me, in some ways, it feels like his, his journey to the dark side is if, if he's on it at all is, is via Mm -hmm. self-destruction. I like this vibe that he is almost too willing to sacrifice himself to keep his family safe. Yeah. And, and not that uh, I don't, I don't think it's about like that he wants self-harm or he wants a way out or, or anything like that. But just this obsession with I will I will be the 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 person who takes the damage. I will be the person who's, you know, mm-hmm. uh in risk of dying and how much he's not seeing that that is actually driving ruining his connection with Marin to the point where she has to grab him with that quote and go like, Stop mm-hmm. pushing me away. Your life has value too. You can't, you know, you can't be destructive toward yourself. 
Yeah, I, I, I look, a real world example. I have a, I have a friend who's, uh, I, I think he thinks of himself as a bit of a Jedi. Uh, and, and and you could write it off as some, there's a little bit of a martyr complex or something, right? But really the truth that is he's, I, I, I am the one who should be out on the front lines taking the slings of arrows for those that I love. And I will help the downtrodden around me and my friends and family that need the help. And I will do it at the cost of myself. And it cost him himself, right? Mm. It cost him himself uh, to the point where now a lot of those people that he loved and cared aren't actually around him <laughs> anymore. anymore. <laughs> um, and and how a lot of it was just like, hey, some of this, there's a fine line between Cal climbing up above, high above, and riding Dathomir birds, and you know, and falling and dying, and, <laughs> and, and that's how I play the game. But what you know, uh, then you're not there for those in the end that you think you're there for, and, and letting some of it, you, you know letting Marin take care of herself or be there for the fight. Um, letting um, Seer go through what she's got to go through, it, you know, and, and, and without getting too much details, it's just it's something that we'd have a conversation about. It's like, yeah, you're doing, you're doing good. I know you feel you're out there and you're ready to die on your shield, but the end result is you will die on the shield. And then where does that leave those around you? <laughs> yeah. Only survived because of your, um, your grace and support, which is wonderful. But, that's all they have. You know, it's, it's maybe a little more complicated as it spins out into the real world, but I see that with Cal a lot. I see that with what you're talking about. I'll be the one. I'll take the pain. Don't worry. Well, we're worried because we're connected to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it just adds up to the, the, the great star Wars idea of sometimes winning is just, just surviving mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and keeping on, keeping on. And uh, I think there's a lot in this book that is just really about, uh, they all love each other so much and they're all just trying to keep the family together, keep the individuals alive with as many of their limbs as possible mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and trying not to get in their own way of, of helping each other do that. Uh, are there any other big picture ideas that you wanted to discuss? The only one I was kind of mentioning, and it kind of comes out of this hiding thing. There's two, what I thought that, and I'm not sure how direct it was and, and how much Sam Max wanted to put there it comes out of like the Jedi legacy stuff. There's two things. There's actually a page back in 97. You had mentioned 97 too before as a page. It's a good, fruitful page. There's a great kind of sequence where Cal's like for the longest time that uh, being a Jedi was the worst thing to him, right? Because it caused him mm. so much pain. It caused him so much loss. And then now, even though we still might be working uh, through it, is um, it's a, that's who he is as real core. And, he, and he's thankful for it, including maybe all the challenges and struggle. There's a, a longer, almost two-paragraph section there on page 97. And I think that ties in nicely to what I, I also see going on when, when Sears talking about the legacy and, and why we need to be a symbol of hope and why we need to keep going. Even if we're not around, even if you think the future, that's the future we also got to deal with now. It, it, it's about, uh, there's, there's just this, uh, a little bit of fighting the, fighting the, uh, for the oppressed, but, but there's uh, talking about, um, I'm trying to find it here on the page. I put too many post-it notes down here, everybody. Uh, but doing this so that the, the, those in the future don't have to hide who they are uh, and that maybe we'll get there. Uh, there are kids out there right now, Cal, kids like you were, uh, like Trilla was. They're going to grow up knowing that they're never safe, just like you did. Don't you want to put an end to that? And and I think you can tie, the, tie that into very real-world ideas about why uh, being on the right side of fights, why... Um, we need to rise up and protect the rights of those out there who grow up on the run, hiding who they are and, 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 and not getting to be connected to who they are so they can ha experience what Cal experiences. I, I didn't like who I was. Now I like who I am and I get to be me 
and defending that um, is is part of maybe what we're all here for, but definitely part of what the Jedi are there for. And tying it into the Star Wars stuff again, I just thought it was uh, the quest for identity and who you are and being who you are is pretty powerful in Star Wars. And also the idea of defending that for others as well. And I think that shines through a few times. Yeah, no, I'm really glad, glad that you brought that up. I think that is very true. And I, I think I've been maybe a little hard on Cal. <laughs> no, you know, uh, Cal, you know, you know, Cal's Cal. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm just I'm I'm fascinated with the the different ways that you r- can reckon with uh, Jedi and violence, and I think Cal's got a, a fresh and interesting um, sort of approach to that. But I I really love that everything on page ninety seven too. I believe it, it flows out of Grease asking him about being having no choice, right, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being a Jedi from birth. Um, and, and it it does shine through, and it does I think line up with what I felt getting to be Cal when I played uh, the video game of even though there, there is a lot of uh, offense for the sake of defense of those it, it's them or me, or I got to take these people down so I can save other people. There's this great sincerity to Cal uh, mm-hmm. that, that is, I think that core of like, well, this is just who I am. And even though it puts a target on my back, and maybe even puts a target on the on the people near me. I have to be myself. And myself is this this connection to this larger thing mm-hmm. and, and helping people and everything that adds up to being Jedi. I am Jedi. Mm-hmm. That was really really uh, beautiful and great. Yeah. No. No. Well done, Cal. Yeah. No. I. I. I the Cal, Cal's it. I just think because he's the main character in a video game, that is a specific character with a name and a look and a feel. And but he's he's still just blank enough to not understand what Marin and Fred are doing back there. And <laughs> they could talk to him a few times. Like, it does. Well. In a, yeah. Mm-hmm. In a, in a great way of, uh, Cal, what's on your mind? Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. same stuff that's always on your mind. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. I really, really enjoyed the character and I enjoyed, uh, getting to spend a little bit more time in his head. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and we will be back with some of the canon moments, some other fun moments we enjoyed back in a moment. 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com life is full of what-ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we are back to continue our discussion of Battle Scars, a great book about a lovely little family. Uh, there wasn't as, as much canon stuff uh, as I think some Star Wars books, uh, just kind of a couple of fun things uh, and maybe some deeper things. Um, there's a mention of a Bespin Fizz, which is a drink available at Oga's Cantina. Right. Uh, Fret's species, the Kashiri, are, are, are largely from legends. Um Amwati, this the uh, the species of the uh, the rich bird guy in Carislar, also has a long history in, in legends pulled into canon by the the Tarkin book. Uh, little things we had the Yadu mention. I love that Carislar, the uh, rich bird guy, was kind of jealous of Bale and Brea and thought Bale just gave into the Empire. That was some yes. fun stuff. Yes. yes. Um, a great shout out, just uh, page 178, uh, talking about wanting to be a, a hero, uh, just like all those stories of heroic Jedi during the High Republic, mm-hmm. always promised, uh, it says here. Yeah. Uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of great little things and then uh, some bigger things I want to dive into. But what did you make of any of these, any of those sort of uh, uh, smaller things? No, it's always fun. It's, it's good seasoning. And yeah, it's not as dense as others. Uh, I, I think Alex Damon got a day off. He only had to do like 33. I mean, and I think he deserves <laughs> that. No, but I like that too. I, I, I connect with those things a little differently where I just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. assuming that's a species from a comic book in 1979, I don't remember. So I'll just, I'll just keep rolling with it. Um, so it's always kind of fun, but I, I just love the wide range of the belt from deep legends to Hosnian prime to sequel era mentions of, uh, you know, um, like I said, Brea and Bale. I, I love the wide range of connections. Yeah. I mentioned of Yadu. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you rather, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, I did like Hosnian prime. Um, I, I would love for it to continue to be in storytelling because it, it is a, core world, this is a rich world yeah. and, and, and powerful 
Um, so it was great to spend some time kind of giving it that context uh, to elevate it as you uh, revisit uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, a couple of the kind of bigger things that I wanted to talk about is Marin's memories of, uh, of kissing a night sister who helped her. And uh, this is one of those things that um, I'm, I'm going to bring up with the great caveat of right now. I don't want to look up Marin on Wikipedia because <laughs> I don't want the video game spoiled for me just yet. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there are answers everywhere. I did not remember Marin having memories of, of uh, what was described as the way Asajj Ventress's look is uh, in the Dark Disciple novel. How did you feel about that? Uh, okay with it. Good connection. It opens up a world of prequel story opportunities. Where I looked at it, it's where I yeah. really with it. Yeah, yeah, I like the 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 gold necklace with the teeth and then in its memory of a of a of a touch. Um, I just I love Asajj Ventress, and I would love more storytelling with mm-hmm. her. And, and again, full, full mea culpa, I did not look up Marin uh, on Wikipedia. Maybe maybe she remembers um, Asajj Ventress in the first video game, and I've forgotten that. Um, yeah. But I thought it was was significant, and I got real excited, and I was wondering if uh, there was going to be more about that in in this book but uh hopefully hopefully i was just like bearing uh a, a log line for a different book in this book yeah yeah or, or yeah five issue comic arc or something yeah yeah um i guess this isn't a bigger thing it was just fun uh i really it is i was reading the fight between sarah and the fifth brother and in her saying i'm gonna show him how powerful he is I am using the sort of force freeze technique that we saw from Kylo Ren mm-hmm. in The Force Awakens. How did you feel about that? Uh, it's a validation for, uh, you know, Kylo. <laughs> Does he need it? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I love uh, – and it just speaks to just like, you know, anything new you see in, say, 2015 in a movie becomes uh, part, of the, part of the landscape pretty quickly there. Yeah, and I also just liked it as something that in The Force Awakens, it's it it feels upsetting. It feels like really robbing someone of their agency to just mm-hmm. make them they totally take away their movement. In the hands of Ser, it felt like this is uh, an alternative to to great violent slashing and hacking of just just mm, yeah. Stay there for a second and think about what you did. <laughs> freeze button. I love that. The freeze button. Yeah. Uh, my my last canon thing for me is just pedantic. Um, there there are many moments throughout the book uh, that the word calf is used, which is you know the the coffee of Star Wars. But on page one hundred two, uh, Sarah's just straight up drinking coffee. Do you think there are two different drinks in uh, the galaxy far far away, or do you think this was just a uh, maybe an editing thing? Uh, maybe that. But uh, now I think you you have to play it as a separate drink. And now we're gonna get an entire now coffee's gonna show up what i want this great competitor yeah. to uh calf yeah. we got coffee and of course hot chocolate from air to the empire <laughs> yeah any other canon things that you wanted to discuss no that's all great all there and like i said i i uh i enjoy them when they're when they're far and wide and i uh, also don't uh, i don't i don't like getting too distracted by them and this was a good good level yeah this is a this is a great level for me some really enticing stuff some little fun stuff and i'm sure many more that i missed i'll go watch uh alex's video on Star Wars Explained. Uh, we've, we've talked about, uh, as we've gone through some of the big picture ideas, a lot of the moments we enjoyed, but there are there any other moments uh, that you particularly enjoyed? If they're action, comedy, emotion, whatever it is, uh, what did you got? Yeah, there? overall, I think a lot of the, lot of the action, the, the final sequence and a lot of people show up and 
the brood shows up and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, it was all good, good plot. I, I, I just was here for more of the character study stuff this time out, but I think a lot of that was interesting. The, the use of, uh, you know, Marin and her magic and actually kind of, uh, seeing it, experiencing it and everyone kind of being like, Whoa, uh, was, was fun for me. And it's just the grease stuff. There's that chapter early on where we get to kind of see inside Grease's uh, soul a little bit. And like I said, I, I, I knew I kind of liked him, but now I, I definitely like him even more. Um, and he's a fun character and, and, and these characters, you know, I don't, the, the, when Fallen Order emerged, it's like all these characters, they're great, but it's like, it's, it's just like, it's a video, it's in a video game world. And it seems kind of cut off from any other parts of Star Wars at times for me, even though these references, but, but that just now, now I've, these characters feel a little bit more real after reading this book and they definitely feel part of the galaxy for me a little bit more. And that's just a personal thing from the first game. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I can definitely see Grease, you know, drinking at Maz Kanata's, yes, you know, yes, yeah. with Dr. Afra and Lando. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there were a lot of great things. I think the action scenes were really well written. I did like that, like, the first uh, 50 pages, uh, we were definitely learning things about the character, but it was this, like the opening act of a, of a Star Wars movie where there's lots of action out of the frying pan into the fire kind of serial adventure. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, that how much uh forward movement uh in energy that it gave the beginning of the book i love that um cal's cal's ignorance about sex was very funny um Mm -hmm. not that he doesn't actually know what it is (laughs) yeah um i'm sure you know i don't i wonder which jedi gives that class uh which which jedi uh, (laughs) teaches i think the the birds and the bees at the jedi temple back in the day uh, the uh um, uh, yeah the um roddy and and the bees um my thought of that is is those classes w- did exist in the Jedi Temple, uh, in the Jedi Order, uh, but they cut them off about 150 years ago. <laughs> Eltar Man was like, "I'll teach it," and they're like, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah, may- maybe Jocasta New gives you a very ambiguous pamphlet. They're like, "This has actually made me more confused, Jocasta," <laughs> and, and uh, why you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I just think it, it was written with a. a great sense of of humor of of just him not putting two and two together very well in, in particular the one on page 105 uh when he was looking at the the green fire around the engine room door of uh <laughs> gal thinking she must have been having real luck with her powers because the green fire around the door was as bright as ever mm. well good for her <laughs> very very funny um yeah. and i think that is a moment where this is not a criticism of cal you, you've mentioned a couple of times we were, we were talking about it of it's, it's an art to craft a main character in the video game that the player plays mm-hmm. that is a character has an arc but still has room to kind of become the avatar of the player mm-hmm. and i think that that's what was so celebrated about his character is that he has great definition, great depth, but he's also a part of him is just like, I don't know. I'm just on my journey. Mm -hmm. I just, I ate a sandwich and I enjoyed it. And then, Mm -hmm. and then I fought some bad guys. I enjoyed it. (laughs) You're like, uh, Cal, uh, let's dig a little deeper, Cal. Mm -hmm. Um, And he does, he does. But these moments, I think play with that sort of, Mm -hmm. he's a character and he is an avatar. Yeah. That indeed. Just uh, discuss overall, just the, 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 uh, openness of of Marin and Fred's relationship, and and, and that's a, that's an important uh, aspect of the character. And, and you and I always champion uh, not just representation in Star Wars overall, but 
it, it, it usually goes a lot deeper in the books and you get a chance. That was a great scene and sequence and everything about it. And, 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 and we talked about the grand sweeping romance side. This wasn't quite that, but it, I just love that it was there. And you highlighted it up top that, that, uh, you know, sex and sexuality is, 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 is always present in Star Wars, but but I think in the modern era, you got to choose how to do that, right? There's a, there's a great mm-hmm. why to it. Um, and I think it was important to, you know, just because Ray showed up doesn't mean she needs a love interest, right? I think that was very important. Uh, doesn't mean she doesn't get one or doesn't mean she doesn't want one, but to, to maybe break past some of those tropes, but to have some of the books and and this is a great example of, 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 of the power of it and, and the understanding. Talk about hiding and finding your identity and finding who you are and being comfortable with who you are. Uh, and, and the fears associated with that all, all played out well in uh, what was, yes, at times, a thirsty Star Wars novel. No, I, I liked the way it was written of of uh, the amount of Marin just like, whoa, and the, the, the literal physical um the strength of her arms and you know the, mm-hmm. her fingers and just that it was it was very yeah. uh realistic to me to the way attraction feels in the real world those yeah. the, all of those things that add up to this just you know uh chemical explosion it, what it feels like where you're just drawn to a specific person was so well written and the the sort of dance of their their first encounter uh, mm-hmm. that cal is commenting on <laughs> yeah in a funny way of that 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 longing, that question, is it going to happen? You so want it to happen, but you're also afraid of the intimacy. I thought it was so honestly well-written that it was very relatable. Um, and then also important that it is representative. It is a, a relationship uh, mm-hmm. between two women. And I think it is great uh, that that representation is there and needed. And uh, mm-hmm. it's always wonderful to me when something is... Uh, it is specific. It is a relationship between two women and the specificity and the uniqueness of that matters. But then in within that specificity and, and uniqueness, there's also the relatability of, mm-hmm. you know, of what, what attraction feels like. Yes. And that it's universal, right? Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Yep. Yeah. It is all the same. And yet it is also different and mm-hmm. special. And that is good. I think, yeah. um, yeah, it, Marin's powers in general, I agree with you. That was a highlight for me. The initial description on, I think, around page 17 of, of her uh, disappearing into her flame and, and reappearing um, all the way to page 161, where she is just having a great time flowing ichor <laughs> into yeah, the really. first trooper's helmet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it would be great if it was the first time in this book, but also just knowing the Night Sister magic visually from the Clone Wars, it was really cool to feel like you were experiencing it. Uh, up yeah. close and knew what it felt like yeah indeed and i love that also there's like a sense of creativity of like how am i going to take down this one how am I yeah, take down this fun one? oh fun to the fun. Yeah. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i liked a lot of greed stuff as well i like the quote on page 237 oh yeah he was going to play the lost arm guilt card for a long long time <laughs> long time long time uh my and then the final thing i want to share is on on page 73 greases a vision of the future Mm-hmm. Uh, Grease himself had some pretty well thought out retirement plans involving a nice little restaurant where he served regulars and everyone had to listen to his stories whether they wanted to or not because he was the one providing them with drinks mm-hmm. <laughs> love it love it yeah Grease's voice is really really well written the the, uh, yes. the fun uncle vibe is, yeah. is powerful grumpy Grease any other moments you wanted to share uh, no, so, uh, no you, you hit them all there I'm glad I was going to discuss the icker Good use of the word, Icker. 
Yeah, Iker time. Uh, let's talk about the hopes for the future of yeah. these characters. Uh, so the book left a, a big gap between the first video game, Jedi Fallen Order, and this story. Many mentions of how long they'd been at this. They'd been at this for years. Um, it, it sounds like there's a nice gap between this book and the beginning of the next video game. So do you want more adventures with this crew and in what format? I just think, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it will come, you know, in other forms, but like another, another book between this and the game seems like it might be depressing. Because <laughs> right? I thought this was going to be the band uh, breaking up to record solo albums. And it, it, it wasn't necessarily that. So I think we, some of the information, and again, and some of you, we, we intentionally kind of reviewed this book later so that we could tie it to the release of the game. Then we haven't all finished the game, all that kind of stuff. And, no, no need to tweet us anything that no spoilers. You know, we get get we get all that angle of it there. Who knows what happens? But um, yeah, I think there's some room for more in the in between the two. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There is some room, but I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah, I'd I'd be up for hearing that hear more. Yeah, and I think that that's always a, you know a, a challenge with um with characters like this of you want to have the story have have meaning and have the possibility for you know growth and change but then the characters are they have marking points where this is where the big change happens for them um but i still think there's lots of room to to tell great stories and to reveal more things about these these characters so i would love it if there was another book if there mm -hmm. uh, was um a comic book series if uh a tales the jedi like series got around to sharing like here's a fun adventure of mm -hmm. of the stinger mantis crew um, you know, there's a couple of uh, offhand mentions of other adventures like that, that Gungan on Abafar. Like, mm -hmm. I want to, yeah, I want to see the adventure of the Gungan on Abafar who betrayed yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like good fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, as we've acknowledged, no idea what these characters' fates are in the new video game, Jedi Survivor. Um, so don't want to ask, ask you necessarily of what, what you want to happen to them because you're probably going to play through this game and, and you'll know real soon what happens uh, to these characters. Yeah. But how would you want their stories or legacies to impact other Star Wars storytelling? Because they're, they're really dealing with things that aren't just necessarily about their journey and where their lives may or may not end, but what is their impact on the future? Sarah's, Sarah's Jedi uh, preservation journey. Uh, if there is a, if the Night Sisters can return, or or future Dathomir storytelling, what impact might Marin have on that? Um, as we've joked about, is Grease Dritus in Mando season four? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I hope he's uh, all going for it. He's he's guest star in Ahsoka too. Uh, yeah, I would love to see. It, I always don't need everything to be super connected, right? They exist, and 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 and, and this time period, things can exist on their own because the galaxy is so big and the fight against the empire is so big that we don't, you know, that the selves that literally don't know each other. So you can continue to find out, but I'd love some of their storytelling to emerge and show up in other things of, of Sears um, impact and, and, and the legacy. And then how, you know, we're reading her, her, her section here talking to Cal about the future. I'm thinking of Ray, right? I think there's a lot of other names you can think of, but I'm thinking of Ray picking up the blade. I'm thinking of Ray or the feeling, I'm thinking of Finn and having that feeling and other people, uh, and I'm thinking of them not knowing, right? Luke Skywalker was a myth, all that stuff. So uh, we know um, there's some sort of victory to to what uh, Sears set out to do. So, yeah, can we hear that, read about it, feel it elsewhere? Um, 
Marin, the Knights just itself, you know, Mando uh, overall just being this big show about the Mandalorians and the Mandalorian culture, and that's big. I think the Knight Sisters is not necessarily viewed in the general public as big as the Mandalorians. The, oh, you mean mm-hmm. the Boba Fett guys? Um, but they're so fascinating. And when they first emerged way back in Legends to the full explosion of uh, of them as characters in a culture in the Clone Wars and beyond, I think there's room for that, too, that you could mine that in. And, yeah, just Grease showing up whenever Grease wants to. Yeah, yeah. Gre- Grease is the one who I really do feel like uh, he could end up in the Filoni movie, mm-hmm. uh, depending on his fate, which, again, don't know. My apologies. Um, yeah, I, I'm really drawn to Sarah's Jedi preservation journey. I want to see that rewarded. I, I want Luke or Ahsoka or Rey to to find that cachet to have, or, or even maybe somebody um, in in the First Order era, uh, the, you know, mm-hmm. lost and confused and don't, doesn't know what to do with these uh, powers. There's a there was that force collector book that didn't make a lot of noise, but that was, mm-hmm. was a, a, a person who knew they were force sensitive, but didn't really know what to do with that. And I think there's, there's lots of room to have that storytelling. I just, I love Sarah's journey and I, and I want to see it rewarded eventually. And sometimes it takes years and years in Star Wars, but I hope to see it pay off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as just where they could, you know, again, at any Star Wars can go backwards and forwards on, on, on storytelling. You talk about transitioning things to live action. It's it would be so easy to do this, right? If you, you no. figure out how to make Grease work, but they figured out how to make Zeb work. Like you got a BD droid out there. You got Deborah Wilson. You got Cameron uh, Monahan. I always forget who plays Mara, but she's out there too. Like you, you could do this if they if 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 there was a call for. It. And by the way, throw in Iden Versio in there. Let's do live action Battlefront too. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it all. Yes, the uh, the uh, new uh, Star Wars video game cinematic universe. Yes, yes, right, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then with the the Night Sisters, I think I think uh, maybe this is me not wanting to let go, mm-hmm. um, but uh, be the beans of magic. Um, I just think that there's the interesting storytelling of is there a seed? Is there a way mm-hmm. that their culture can reemerge? Could Marin be a part of that, or could she, mm-hmm. you know, with her magic, start a new Dathomir? Um, Right. I love the corpse spell, by the way. Should should have mentioned that the corpse spell is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty cool uh, to see it happen. But also future to- storytelling with with um, Maul kind of setting up his home base there. And mm-hmm. where is Marin? Does is that a conversation that ever happens? Right, right, right. Uh, lot, lots of possibilities for the future. I think indeed. All right, uh, I have a fun question to wrap up our discussion here, Ken. If you were trapped in an elevator, which of these characters would you want to be trapped with? Man, I I don't think it would be Grease as much as I love him because I'm already there. So I I got the Grease energy. Um, I think it would be, I mean, BD one be the 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 one you'd probably want if you want to get out. But I think the nice calm conversation while you try to survive it is Cal, which is weird. Mm. I don't connect with Cal as much as other characters. But I, I if I was an elevator, Cal would know how to not annoy me quickly, but also maybe climb out and save me because that's what he wants to do. Oh yeah, he's he's real good at climbing, so he'd be very active. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 gonna go with Marin because um, mm-hmm. uh, I think she'd be an extremely fun uh, conversation to yeah. have, and uh, lots of magic. And and you know, God forbid we we're trapped in the elevator because uh, you know anybody um, was injured, she could maybe animate them. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with Marin, and I googled uh, the actor Tina Ivlev. 
I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Probably not. Last name I-V-L-E-V. A great, great performance in the video game, which leads to a great character in the book. Any closing thoughts, Ken? Uh, you know, a lot of fun read, it, it, you know, and, and a per, kind of a perfect read to get back into Star Wars books. It's it's not something you or I intended to do around these parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the workload and then the, the massive, wonderful amount of High Republic novels in Phase 2 kind of got the best of us here. So this one had been sitting around and, and we knew the game was coming out. So it was great, fun read. And, um, uh, you know, like I said, for me, the biggest thing was taking characters that I felt that I, I liked. The game was OK for me. I didn't connect with it. To now I'm like, oh no, these are these are really fun, fascinating characters, and, and I get what you were all saying. It's it's a big win for me. Yeah, a big win for me ultimately is is well. Um, I think I really love these characters in particular. Fascinated by Marin, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to know more about the last of the Night Sisters. Fascinated by by Sarah, really having gone through the ringer and still trying to return to her Jedi roots and. Picking up on all that, getting to spend more time with Grumpy Grease, getting to uh, spend time with Cal as this weird and, and fascinating, totally complete character. But also he's in this novel, totally believable, but still playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Just really fascinating and, and interesting way uh, to experience something with a character. So enjoyed it very much. Uh, very glad to get caught up. Uh, I think in general, these the book reports are obviously a little bit harder for us to keep up on. Mm-hmm. I intend to read the Phase 2 Republic, uh, uh, High Republic books. I don't know if we're going to go back and review all of the books yeah. uh, we've missed, but uh, hopefully we'll get caught up and, and really pick and choose and, and make sure that we review some of the, some of the big ones. Right, Ken? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a goal. It's a goal. It's a goal. We'll see. Uh, Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. Facebook podcast. Podca- Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. And the podcast is available on Acast, iHeartRadio, and a lot of other places. Just search. You will find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And as we've said up top, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kennapsock.com for more. I know where they can follow you, Joseph, but why don't you tell them? <laughs> you can follow me on social media, Twitter, the, the thrashing remains of Twitter, uh, the perfectly lively Instagram. Uh, and also uh, Mastodon and maybe something that the Blue Spout, uh, whatever I, anybody is kind enough too, to send me an yeah, yeah. invite to. Are you on Blue Spout? I'm not on Blue Spout, but I'm on Spoutable. I'm sending spouts out in the world. No one's there for me, but uh, you know, some <laughs> yeah. people are. But. You're, you're, you're spewing on Sputer. That's I'm a new one, right? That Sputer, coming soon. Sputer, yeah. Find me on Sputer, uh, handle at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my YouTube page as well. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the restaurant that I think we both hope Grease opens in the future, this has been Four Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.